Hello and welcome to Home Impressions, a podcast where we usually ask our guests to tell us about five ideas, experiences or encounters which have shaped the artists that we see today. However, today's episode is a special collaboration between Home and Gallery 1957, where I, Rona McKenzie, am going to be talking about five of my impressions on my recent trip to Ghana to visit Gallery 1957 in celebration of the opening of Echoation's show, In and Out of Time, which is on until the 12th of December. I was invited by Gallery 1957 to come and see the show and I was super excited because I went to Ghana once when I was 15 on a very random school-esque, school-adjacent trip Um, and I haven't been for 13 years. So having worked with a few Ghanaian artists here in the UK across different projects and have, have, have having had a view on the like budding and emerging exciting art scene in Accra I was really excited to go and see what that was like in real life um, connect with some of the artists learn a bit more about the gallery and gain some insight on what it's like to be an artist based in Accra with the gallery having a very global influence and global in- impact and holding this cultural week to invite press curators writers etc to Accra Um, frequently to visit the artists in situ. So I'm going to share with you my five impressions, which I hope will summarise my trip and also my perspective on the scene, having spent a little bit of time in Accra and getting to know a couple of artists. Um, I'd like to thank Gallery 1957 for the opportunity to come to the gallery and um, for your generosity in facilitating this experience. And for everyone listening, I hope that you enjoy. So my first impression is the traffic. I spent hours and hours and hours sat in traffic, um, which some might find boring or um, a waste of time. But I, being on this, being invited on this trip, uh, was just there to explore and experience everything and traffic being one of those things. I found myself looking out the window and... There was so much to observe from these incredible architectural details uh, of religious buildings, of houses, of structures, um, old school billboards, which are double-sided slats, which change and are so different to the screen billboards that are so common here now in London. Um, Just watching people go about their daily life and every at every traffic light, having hawkers coming down the street selling everything from slippers to snacks to framed photographs and um, phone chargers and records and books and everything I could think of was sold by hawkers carrying big baskets atop their heads and just spending time observing is my first impression. When I'm observing, I my mind just wanders. I'm partly in the present, just looking, but just having time to observe for me is such a privilege. Um, and I often find myself in deep thought. And on my first day in Ghana, sat in traffic, I couldn't help thinking about the people that I was seeing past the window whose complexion was like mine, brown, deep browns, tones of brown. And 
my first thought was Marwan, who is the founder of Gallery 1957, isn't Ghanaian and isn't brown like me. And my first feelings on coming to Ghana to a space owned and led by a non-Ghanaian artist were conflicting. And I think it's really important that I, I start this podcast with this because I think being very new to the art world and only really learning how it all works as I'm kind of finding myself in it and having different experiences within it um, means that I don't really know how it all runs and how you get here. But from my experience of having home, all I do know is that it takes a lot of money to, to start out. And it's expensive to put on shows. So for Cultural Week to be a whole week dedicated to bringing press, writers, curators to Ghana to have the opportunity to meet artists in situ. And as Marwan explained to me, for the artist to be able to show work in the context that it's made in is a huge investment. And I think that's also really important to say early on because for me coming into it, I wondered about who this situation is benefiting and if it's not a Ghanaian-led organisation, will the artists be benefiting most from this or does it benefit potentially the owner of the gallery more? And through all these hours that I spent across the week sitting in traffic and having time to kind of talk to people, talk to artists, including one very touching conversation that I had with artist Larry Aponsa where he talked about allyship and support and respect and respect being the base of allyship and the res- the base of creation and people who have resources sharing those with those who don't or people who have visibility um, being able to platform those who may not. So one thing that was ruminating around my mind um, across the week and which is why I wanted to speak to Marwan about it as soon as I could, was really just understanding his position as an art lover and why he felt it was important to create Gallery 1957 and create Cultural Week and bring people like myself to have opportunities. Um, And I believed and saw how much love and passion and honesty there was in sharing something that he was so passionate about and that being the arts and that being the all of the amazing artists who through Cultural Week and through residency programmes, including Gallery 1957's residency programme, have the opportunity to create work and show work. And I really resonate with that because that's been one of my big missions through home and through other projects is to create more space both for myself as an artist and for others. And seeing that lead being taken by Marwan of Gallery 1957, by Aomako Boafo of Dot Atelier, by Kwesi Bochwe of World Phase, by Paul Ninsen of the, the Daikan Centre, which is my next impression, by Dominique Petitfrere from Limbo Accra, who I didn't see in Accra but have been following for a long time. Just seeing the initiative that's being taken to create the cultural landscape that those who call Accra home or who have found 
a type of home in Accra, was important to see in situ and important to see how different types of institutions are being and can be built. But it was also interesting to see this while in transit, while in a car, because seeing the distance that some artists travel to get to areas where institutions are being built or to residency spaces or creative spaces, from me sat in the back of an Uber to seeing people who were squashed onto a bus or people who were walking or people who were zoom zooming past me in, in bust up cars that had definitely had one too many scrapes, contextualised how far away some of these opportunities and how far away some of these art spaces are to people who live in the same city and people who are born in the city or outside of Accra and other parts of Ghana who still don't necessarily have access to the arts in the way that is being built. Which brings me on to my second impression, the Daikan Centre, which was founded and run by Paul Ninsen. And I had the privilege of visiting the Daikan Centre as part of this cultural week trip, um, accompanied by a school bus full of incredible artists, including Arthur Timothy, Tunji, Adonai Jones, writers and other people interested in the arts who were part of this trip. And I remembered when I saw it that I had been following the Daikan Center um, since before it was built, having had seen the fundraiser on Humans of New York on Instagram, and had been so inspired by the idea of bringing this library um, to Accra. So the Daikan Center is an incredible facility, an educational facility, a museum, and, um, and a workspace which gives people the opportunity to learn photography, to learn post-production skills, to um, work on projects and also has a screening room for video, an exhibition space and is in a beautifully designed building in a gorgeous courtyard on the same road as Dot Atelier. Um, and actually Paul Ninsen commented about buying more space on the road before it all gets bought up, which I think is a really, another really poignant thing to talk about um, in terms of talking about the development of Accra and the very increasing lack of space that there is for Ghanaians to actually build and buy and create space where there's much investment from abroad. Um, but the Daikan Centre is a sacred space which has developed over the last couple of years and has an incredible library um, has an archive with records, with newspapers, with books, which is all being um, digitised. Um, it has a beautiful exhibition space, which had an incredible photography exhibition on when I went to visit, from photographers from across the continent. And not only was the space just beautiful, you could feel the love as soon as you stepped in the door, and Paul's energy was infectious. Um, having worked and studied in New York and having come back to Ghana, he wanted to bring with him some of the resources that he found in New York from amazing bookshops, amazing libraries, and bring these back to to a place that he called home. Um, thinking about access and thinking about how and what we can access in different spaces I thought was hugely inspiring. And there was something in particular he said about who is a curator and he commented, my grandma's a curator from family albums and bringing all different kinds of people into the space to curate shows really resonated with my own thinking around curatorial practice. Um, 
I think, I guess I am a multidisciplinary and I try my hand at whatever I fancy. And I think sometimes within the arts, there really is a sense of mystery and a sense of smoke and mirrors around who's doing what and who can do what. And I think the Daikan Centre is such a beautiful example of sharing skills, sharing resources and giving people a go to just do stuff and try stuff and share in the way that they feel and see fit. There was also a comment that Paul made around educating Ghanaians in photography. He talked about a project that National Geographic commissioned to photograph a particular area in Ghana, a particular neighbourhood, um, which was quite notorious and had quite a reputation. But they sent in a photographer that they had paid tons and tons and thousands and thousands to document this area, yet there was a young photographer from the area who had been documenting it for time. Um, I think there's a really important and poignant point to be made there about the overvaluing of external artists and perspectives and not valuing enough the beauty that a place holds. I mean, it comes back to the overvaluing of Western ideals as a concept, which is a whole other podcast. Um, but I think it was really important in terms of documenting a quote-unquote community. Um, I've been thinking personally so much about community in, in the last few months and having through having closed home, the physical space, and what that really means. And... I think so often in the arts, in fashion, in in the spaces that I and potentially those listening often inhabit, there's a false sense of community that comes through where every brand uses the word community in advertising and community has now become something that's a bunch of similar looking potentially or similar people who are interested in similar things getting together in a room and looking cool. But actually for me, I think community is... I'm learning that it's those who I can call on, those who, if I'm broke, I can go around to theirs and I'll have a meal at their house, or it's people who are going to come and support my thing, whatever the thing is, or whatever I try my hand at. And I think valuing these skills that our peers, our friends, our family, as Paul Ninson says, with my grandma being a curator, hold and savouring those and cherishing those and platforming those is the way that I'd like to move forward. Um, learning from from peers, learning from people who we feel to be on the same level as us instead of always reaching so far away from what we see in our everyday is something that very much resume, resonated with me at this time. Um, and I think moving on from that, sharing space and taking time brings me on to my next impression I had the great honour and privilege to spend time with Eric Jimphy, a an incredible, incredible photographer, photo-based artist, I would say, and person and spirit in general, who invited me into their home and studio to get to know them and their work. Having been a fan of their work since seeing it earlier this year at Autograph in East London, in an exhibition which presented cyanotype photographs um, with a soundscape, which was thousands, what felt like thousands or hundreds of cyanotype portraits, blew my mind, just blew my mind. I'm really interested in photographic mediums and even in my own practice have been thinking so much more about what I print on and the the value of a photograph and 
how one can engage more with photography as a medium as opposed to it being something that you, we just observe. And so seeing Eric Jimpy's show at Autograph really blew my mind because it was unlike anything I'd seen before, yet still beautiful and honest in a way that my soul could still connect to it easily. What I often find myself most drawn towards and most breathtaken by are works that I just take to and that surprise me or show me something new. And having the opportunity to spend some time with Eric at their home was beautiful. I wrote in our newsletter a couple of weeks ago about how much being in Eric's space touched me. I remember I remember arriving to an area which felt like far away, but I guess without much geographical knowledge of Accra, anything that took an hour to get to and left the hawkers behind in a busier place and opening into a street with trees and smaller houses would feel like miles away. But it felt like miles away in the most peaceful way, um, seeing Eric come down the street with a watermelon under one arm as they welcomed me into their home and I slipped off my shoes and following them outside as we were about to step in and I felt the warm earth beneath my toes. I saw beautiful breeze blocks, which I realised on this trip to Accra that I'm obsessed with, with, with curtains that they'd made through similar cyanotype practices. Um, I entered the space and was welcomed by this sense of calm and tranquility that has stuck with me. The space filled with their work, with large photo boxes, with prints, with organised in a way that I can only describe as close to something like Kettle's Yard in Cambridge. Um, this beautifully curated, yet honest feeling space with much of Eric's work plastered around in the most delicate way. Um, the way the light flowed through the space, at the end of a long corridor there was a mirror which reflected the billowing of these beautiful dark blue textured curtains that they'd made coming into their sitting area. And I'll be careful to not over-describe because in spending time with Eric, I have really relearned the value of space and privacy and private space. One thing that stuck with me in this conversation with Eric, with Eric was when talking about their work at Autograph, we talked about the work not being read. We talked about ambiguity. We talked about looking at a wall of images and taking your eyes away and not being able to land it in the same place. We talked about the object becoming and keeping the subject in cyanotypes, in printing with liquids, in printing with vegetable and plant materials and matters that actually stay in the final photograph. Eric talked about photographs being a window that point to another place a portrait of a person points to the real life of that person and we think about who they might be or where they might be now but in their practice and in their approach the object the subject is in the object and the photograph becomes not a window but becomes the final product and spending this time with Eric if you listen to this um I'm so in awe of you and your body of work. And I would really encourage everyone listening to check out Eric's work because it provided 
it provided fresh air in a space that I didn't realise I knew it in, being the medium of photography, and really inspired me to look at my approach to my practice and also to respect my own craft and artistry and really value craft. Eric's an artist who's continually developing, continually working, continually documenting their work through sketchbooks, through making books, through writings. Um, And there seems to be so much value in what they make and how they make it and how they see it, how it fits into their life and what their life actually is outside of their work, be that cycling at midnight, spending time with friends, cooking for a friend. It comes back to this feeling of time, um, which comes on to my next impression as Echo Eschen's exhibition In and Out of Time is what I was primarily there to see. Um, Something Eric mentioned when talking about what they loved about living in Ghana was that people have time for one another. You could meet a stranger and find yourself sat there three hours later just having a chat that doesn't necessarily need to lead anywhere. Um, I'm not used to that, being based in London. I'm not used to, firstly, strangers don't really talk to each other, but secondly, actually spending time, not being in a rush, not having many things to do, not having many things always at the back of one's mind, but just being able to spend time and as I made my way through this half watermelon that they just slice in half and place with a spoon in front of me, I was able to take in small details from around their home, small things in, in the way they spoke and what they said. Um, I found them reminding me of loved ones who are very close and in the way that they spoke. And the interaction inspired me to spend more time and take more time, both for myself and my own craft, but also really getting deep into someone's practice, really understanding and really looking. Tunji Adni Jones talked about how in his work you can see, you could see it from different angles, you could flip the work upside down, you could lay it on its side, and you're still able to engage with the work. And there's this play in this practice from some of the artists that were presented in shows with Gallery 1957, Rita Moena Benison's umbrellas really invite the viewer to look from a different angle. The umbrellas, the workers atop the umbrella, so you see it from above. And in exhibitions, they've been laid down, but they, the works themselves encourage a change in a change in perspective, and they invite the viewer to pause and tilt their head. And this is what really excited me about a lot of the work that I was able to spend time with and the work that I saw. So coming into Echo's show, my fourth impression, in and out of time. And I remember reading the exhibition description and finding the exhibition description a little loose. The exhibition description says, the exhibition explores African cultural notions of non-linear time and brings together both established and emerging contemporary artists from across Africa and the diaspora. And I was thinking when I read that, what does that mean? (laughs) I often find myself wondering when I read exhibition texts, what does that mean though? And I find that frustrating about the arts. I find it frustrating that things often feel over-explained. But Echo did a talk at the end of the Cultural Week In fact, it was the day that I was leaving and I was so taken by the talk and the explanation. 
it simplified it to a point that made me think about the amount of times that I've felt I need to over explain a concept to get somebody to believe it or I need to over explain why home is important or why my work is important to get people to back it not to friends or not to peers who come and enjoy but to people who are going to fund it to people who are going to give me space maybe to do a show there's this frustrating over explanation especially I find within the work of black artists um which feels and which I felt through having read the press release (laughs) to having been there spending time with Echo like perhaps what was written was to spark a particular interest but actually the themes of it that touched me were much much more simply simple to grasp some of the themes that I thought were really interesting were time being a concept that we're reckoning with there being other possibilities and other ways to see and experience time the idea of stepping back through time and the idea of the illusion of time my partner Ezra and I sometimes talk about events-based time versus, well, real-time. And real-time actually came up when Eric and I were speaking. They were talking about thinking about things in real-time and learning things in real-time. This idea of real-time is, I guess, what some people like to say is being present. But I think the idea of saying in real-time, or when I found myself saying in real-time, I'm explaining to the other person that, at that moment when words are coming out of my mouth, I'm still forming the idea or the thought. Um, So this show that Echo has curated, which explores nonlinear time, what time is, and specifically what time is in this context, I learned while I was sat in traffic that time in Accra is different. different. Um, Of course, people say, you know, CP time or black people time or brown people time or color people time I think time is a really interesting theme and seeing that explored as a concept within this exhibition made so much sense once once I was in situ and made so much more sense once I was in situ to having been at home in London and just reading about it which I think for me exemplifies another great power of seeing things in real life as opposed to seeing things on Instagram or seeing things on the internet the importance of actually and of course it's a privilege to travel to see an exhibition but I went up to Liverpool in in summer to see the Liverpool Biennale and it was just a train ride away but seeing some of the artwork which actually I didn't love to be honest but seeing it in real life gave me a more visceral experience of it as I'm sat here recording this I've got a beautiful painting by Mabintu Badji that was in a show I curated at the RA and seeing it in real life I can see all the brushstrokes I can see I can feel the energy in a different way to having seen it on Instagram um and I understand so much more why there is this cultural week which brings people to see the work in situ I would love the opportunity to show my work in a situ I'd love it to be in and have everyone come even in fashion designers need to think about where they are on the show schedule and which shows before them, which shows after them and how close they've got to be to that bigger designer's show to make sure people come to theirs. So this idea and concept of time, I think, is so important in the arts context. Thinking about the amount of arts events there are per year, thinking about how much time do we actually spend 
at exhibitions aside from the opening. Some of the, the artists within the show's work questioned me to slow down and look at things differently. Going back to Tunji's where I had to literally turn my head or looking at Aomako's work, which was on a black painted wall and contrasted so much the white brushstrokes. Work by Serge Atakwe Clotty, who I'd seen working on a performance earlier in the week, a performance in the village that he grew up in, which had many, many people dressed up and patrolling the area, walking around the area, marching even, perhaps is a better word. And to be honest, I didn't really understand the concept of the work. It was a performance piece um, that I didn't really get. But what I really loved was the getting together of people and the march around. I'm sure I would have had no other reason to go to the area and to walk around. And walking around, I saw a little kid with a backpack, his backpack on back to front and some cool trainers. And it just his he was just stylish, a little kid who was probably seven or eight. But it had I had one of those moments where I thought, yeah, style is just you just it's just in you. And it was in this kid. I saw a shop that was called like Mark Sadie's or something like that. So that work gave me the opportunity to go to a different area and walk around and view and observe, which changed my perspective, which has the power to change my perspective. And some of Serge's work that is in, in and out of time, the scale of it forces you to slow down. It forced me to look at it and look at it in detail. My mum has previously said to me that everything we deal with in the present, we're dealing with it from the past. And I've been thinking so much this year about past experiences and how they influence and impact how I might respond to happenings now or future occurrences. Being in Ghana itself forced me to think about my sense of place, my sense of space, being Caribbean and only being able to trace back a little while and standing in Cape Coast Castle forced me to think about or reckon with or begin to really understand how the past impacts my present. Coming back to my first conversation with Marwan and how my past experiences of people who didn't look like me within the arts influenced the projections I put on him and the gallery without even going there. Um, not to say that all of those feelings are completely resolved, but thinking about time, thinking about healing, thinking about taking things and taking people and opportunities and experiences as they are was a big takeaway for me on this trip. It it gave me confidence that there is a lot of love in in a world that sometimes feels like it's closing in and in an industry that feels like like it's difficult to find people who have one's best interests at heart. But that brings me into my last impression and in reflection of spending this week with Gallery 1957 in Accra, which again, I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity for, I've come back with a new sense of inspiration and come back with a sense of there being space to facilitate, but there being space for an artist to be an artist and for me to be an artist. I came back with the understanding that things take time and that things need to take time. I came back with the freedom of being able to dip in and out, 
of exhibitions, of curatorial, of photography, of whatever practice I have, I came back with the glow and the excitement to learn new things. I want to learn how to make breeze blocks. I want to try living somewhere where there can be beautiful green palm trees blowing blowing my curtains into a beautiful mirror at the end of the hallway. I came back with a sense of, I don't belong here. I didn't belong in Ghana. I didn't belong necessarily in a, on a press trip. <laughs> um, but I found myself there and I'm so inspired by conversations with, with artists, by the honest conversations I had with some of the members of the Gallery 1957 team about how they felt being non-Ghanaian and being based in Ghana, with good friends of mine, Charlene Prempe and Louis Dalton-Gilbert, who just happened to be in Ghana, shooting an Adidas campaign because Accra is just that place now. And I came back feeling enthused and recharged and encouraging of people to invest in traveling to see things in situ because it's incredible to walk into world phase and see what Kwesi's built it's mind-blowing to walk into Dot Atelier and touch the walls and see what our Mako and team have built it's literally mind-blowing to see the library at Daikan and I would love and hope to have an opportunity to go back it was so wonderful to hear Ya Ousu speak and to hear about the process of the artworks. It was inspiring to see that, to see the women's art prize and to see that women aren't getting left behind or there's at least intention to put women on too. This art world and art scene is incredibly male-dominated and having been sat in an audience of a panel talk with three male artists, when the question about which women artists have inspired their practices being thrown out and only one being able, Tunji, to being able to list, to list a list of amazing women artists who have inspired and influenced his practice. Um, there's more work to be done, um, but it was amazing to see that the beginnings of that are breaking through. So my trip to Ghana was, in all honesty, it was challenging. It was challenging because it, confronted me with a urgent conversation on my sense of place like who am I in Accra what is my intention being there why am I interested in it would I ever show there is it my place to show there one thing Echo said to me was that showing in Accra he didn't feel like he had to justify himself to anyone to be there Tunji it being the first time he'd shown work in West African being Nigerian British and being based in New York that was a complete difference in perspective and a difference in the people in the room who are viewing the work to what he might be used to so it left me thinking what's my place there seeing Eric in their beautiful home made me think about where would that be for me and how can I build that for myself so my trip to Ghana left me with many questions but also left me with some beautiful conclusions that I can find friends and I can find people to laugh with and to connect with anywhere that it's not scary to go to a country you've never or rarely, barely been to before and find people and and wander around and find so much inspiration, books and notebooks and a phone, a camera roll full of pictures of corners that caught my eye and I'll look back on. 
So I'm so grateful to have had this opportunity, even though it was conflicting and even though it was confronting, because I think those are always such amazing opportunities to challenge one's perspective and to grow. And I've come back from the trip feeling more an artist than I have in years. So this episode of Home Impressions is going to be the last one for a little while. We're taking some time as a team to redefine who we are and what we are now since home's closure at the end of 2022. And we'll be back when we're back. So until then, you can view all of our past exhibitions on our website. You can view all of our previous newsletters on Substack and stay in touch. We're all ears and we're open. Thank you again to Gallery 1957 and I hope to see you soon.